On today's episode, we cover a Q&A, a lot around supplements, what we recommend for gut health, what to do post-antibiotics and how to think about po- antibiotics a little bit differently, what you can recommend for your kids, and how long does it take to actually recover postpartum, postpartum in terms of deficiencies, in terms of how you're going to feel, and what to look out for for symptoms that you may not be fully recovered even a few years later. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Happy Wednesday. Hey guys, we got a Q&A for you. And seriously, send in questions like Liz and I post and on Instagram and sometimes we'll get a bunch of people asking stuff and then nothing, nothing. <laughs> sometimes so. it's like we get several replies and then sometimes nothing. Uh, hey, really quick before we dive in, I do want to call out uh, the post that I made on Sunday. Uh, a couple of our clients are down in Florida and unfortunately have been impacted by Hurricane Ian. So I have three ways that you can support them. Um, we have a couple shipping addresses. I can put those in the show notes. You can visit their Amazon wish list. There's a lot of just necessities. These people basically are homeless um, and they need everything from protein bars to non-perishable foods, diapers, wipes, mm-hmm. clothes, batteries, flashlights, all this stuff. I actually talked with uh, my brother who's in Cincinnati. He works for Just Energy and they have 10,000 workers just from their local area that went down wow. to help to try to repair and restore power. So um the third thing that you could do if you, you know, so if you want to ship to one of those addresses, one's a nurse, one's a therapist, those are going to be in the show notes. The Amazon wish list is there. And then there's also a donation through the Amazon wish list to their nonprofit. Uh, if you want to, you know, donate financially, mm-hmm. they are going to put that towards supplies as well as mental health therapy for the people down in Florida. So please share that uh, as well. I haven't seen a lot posted. I actually was trying to hashtag and look some things up on Instagram the other day and I wasn't seeing a lot, but these people really are in need. And, um, you know, it's just so heartbreaking to hear some of the stories that they have uh, shared with us. So please share that. Links are in the show notes. Yes. Yes. Um, so like we mentioned, today is going to be a Q and a, um, I'm actually really excited about some of these questions. I think that they will be very helpful for people. Um, so let's dive in. The first one we're talking about, I mean, I think a lot of this is actually on supplements um, and deficiencies and so forth. And so the first one was, what do you recommend for gut health? And we get this question a lot. Um, and all I can say is it is so individualized. And that is why we do testing with clients, especially if gut and symptoms related to the gut are present, um, because you cannot just blanket supplements and products towards gut dysfunction. Like we're going to do another podcast soon, I think on the, the order that's necessary to heal a gut that is, you know, either leaky or dysfunctional or whatever might be going on, um, and why it has to be done in a specific order. Um, and so, you know, we've given some insight before into generic supplements that I think could be beneficial for like the population as a whole. We've talked about magnesium, we've talked about EPA, DHA or fish oil. Um, But you can also always be safe with gut supplements in terms of like bovine for most part, unless you are 
sensitive to red meat or, you know, you don't tolerate red meat for whatever reason. Um, you could do glutamine. A lot of people tolerate fine Very um, healing collagen in the form of bone broth. I don't honestly, I don't love like collagen, like vital proteins, collagen. I don't think it's super beneficial for a lot of people. I would, if anything, I would prefer a bovine, bovine collagen. Mm -hmm. Um, and I use those in my gut gummies and they're mm -hmm. actually fun. I've uh, been getting Marcus to eat them more. He's been doing the multivitamins and we'll talk about kid stuff too today. Um, but the gummy multivitamins and like, Hey, if I can get you to eat this, this is good. So then transferring that over, trying to tell him these are gummy bears. Um, so you can always make those gut gummies, uh, and very, very powerful, very healing. Uh, you know, especially if somebody has heartburn or acid reflux, like you mentioned, L-glutamine, um, and bovine gelatin can be very supportive of healing and sealing. Um, and then just, you know, calming things down in terms of like soothing the esophagus and whatnot. So those would be safe for anybody, even if you did have, you know, upper GI issues or things going on, but Here's, here's the thing in terms of when we are reviewing tests and we are seeing different um, strands of bacteria, opportunistic or commensal, so good or bad here, we're looking at what is going to feed or eradicate those strands specifically. So I was listening to another podcast earlier, Becca and I were talking about this and, and the way that she said this makes total sense. She was talking about acromantia, which is a keystone um, bacteria in the gut, but it can be inflammatory if you have too much of it be very uh, damaging if we don't have you know enough of it. So it's a sweet spot here. And so when we're looking at, for example, a GI map and we're reviewing this, we want to make sure that we're picking the right supplement to support that specific strand, right? So think about this in the terms of vitamins. If you're going to take a vitamin, you're going to know what that vitamin is for. So there's classes, right, of vitamins, but then there's specific vitamins. If you're sick, you're going to take vitamin C, right? If you are low in energy or your labs come back and you show that, you know, your B vitamin is very low, you're going to take a B complex or a B12. So specific vitamins are used for specific things. The same thing, you know, applies with gut health supplements. And one of the things that we have to be mindful of is, as practitioners, there are a plethora of supplements out on the market. Uh, we use therapeutic grade, almost like pharmaceuticals. We also use them in therapeutic doses. So what we are going to do is bump this up. I'll give you a great example. Uh, I had a client yesterday who I was writing a protocol for. We have an MRT food sensitivity test. So I was cross-referencing that. She's on some prescription medication. So I was cross-referencing some of the potential negative interactions with herbal things to make sure that none of the products that I was giving her, you know, would maybe cause some inflammation as we're trying to heal and seal. So even if I had two clients with the same, let's say, issue of H. pylori or candida or a parasite, they may be on two different types of products because of what they need individually. So that's why we just never come out and, you know, make generic recommendations. Uh, even when we look at antibiotics, guys, like we have some things, you know, that we see on the practitioner side of what your body would actually respond to. A lot of times with reoccurring infections are because people aren't responding to the antibiotic that was given. And so you always want to get it like a culture test to make sure, for example, like a yeast infection, if you had to go on an antibiotic, that that yeast is actually going to respond to that antibiotic. Yeah. So a lot of considerations here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I wish it was an easier answer, but supplements are never an easy answer. Um, so the next one that we wanted to talk about, which I think is becoming like, I, I'm seeing it a lot and I'm kind of really judging it a lot more in terms of like, is it the best action is antibiotics. Um, so I want us as a whole, as a population to kind of rethink antibiotics. I'm not saying I, we're anti-antibiotics. Like 
Antibiotics save lives. They're extremely important in specific situations. I think that we've gotten a little trigger happy with antibiotics. Um, we use them a lot of times, even if we aren't sure if there is a bacterial infection, especially with children. Um, and there's actually research, and I wish that I wonder if I'm, I'm kind of wondering, and I need to look if there's research expanding beyond the first six months of life because I think that would be really tell telling because I think a lot of children get antibiotics in those early years of life. Um, but there is research that shows that infants six months and younger when put on antibiotics are more predisposed to obesity and type two diabetes because of the impact that it has on the gut microbiome. Um, so like Liz was just talking about, acromancia is actually one of the key strains to help support mucus and mucus is extremely important for digestion and assimilation of nutrients. And so when you do not have adequate or positive or balanced gut microbiome, you get to a place where you just are not digesting and absorbing food very well. And your body might extract higher amounts of calories from that food. You might get to a place where your blood sugar is impacted more than someone that maybe has a balanced microbiome. Um, and so we need to rethink these, these drugs that are kind of wiping us clean and and not in a good way, um, you know, that are completely reducing our healthy gut microflora. Um, so if you have a known bacterial infection and you do need an antibiotic, okay, what do you do? Like, what do you do after you've taken it to help kind of rebuild, rebalance the, you know, ecosystem that is our gut? Um, what can you do? So I know Liz, mm -hmm. we love Restore Flora. Um, she's recommended that for a couple of clients. The PD is what you're going to yep. want to take um, like after, or you would take it with antibiotics essentially, or if you can't get it in time, you know, after uh, your antibiotics and you're going to follow the dosing. It's like 20 bucks. I think um, we get a different, you know, practitioner pricing, but check it out uh, on their website, microbiome labs. This is formulated specifically for somebody who's gone on antibiotics as it has a bit uh, more bacillus, which is a really important strand. And then it's a trio there uh, to kind of help rebuild back up because, you know, as Becca just mentioned, when you're taking an antibiotic, you're not just targeting the, the bad bacteria or the infection, you're clearing things out. You're cleaning, you know, the whole house. Uh, whereas if you're doing something therapeutically in terms of like a functional uh, approach, the supplements that we use for antifungal, antimicrobial, they're not going to touch, uh, you know, the bad guys and, and kill off the bad guys, the commensal bacteria. They're only going to target, you know, what we don't want. So again, I think it's really important to just remember that you want to layer in pre and probiotics to feed the good gut bacteria that it has been just basically, um, you know, wiped out a little bit from mm -hmm. the powerful antibiotic. Yeah. And then some other things that you can do naturally. Um, and even for kids, you know, whole food, nutrient dense foods, like we just talked about bone broth is great post, um, antibiotics, bovine gelatin is great post antibiotics to help soothe and kind of repair the gut. Um, aloe vera is also very therapeutic. You can add it to smoothies. You can add it to juices. Um, you can do pre and probiotic foods. Um, so if you tolerate them, obviously some people, if they have gut dysfunction, do not, but prebiotic foods help feed the bacteria, the good bacteria. So you think, you know, high fiber here and ghee and butter are great for feeding those bacteria in a beneficial way. Probiotics are fermented foods. Um, so kimchi, sauerkraut, kombucha, things like that can be helpful. Um, kefir, 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 I never know how to pronounce that. Kefir. Kefir. <laughs> and you can supplement if necessary. You know, I think that, you know, I use the greens and the reds from first form and I also use greens from other companies as well. Um, depending on what my purpose is with those, uh, limit sugary foods. So 
sugary foods feed the bad bacteria. This is why a lot of times when we implement protocols with clients to kill off candida or yeast or parasites, these things feed off of sugar. And so you need to be careful with your diet when you're on a protocol like this, especially post-antibiotics, because post-antibiotics, you kind of have this you know, you've cleaned out the good microbiome that defends against those bad guys. And so now if you're just feeding the bad guys, guess what's going to take over? Um, and then you can do, uh, on top of the restore flora, Saccharomyces boulardii is actually a really helpful strain of bacteria post-antibiotics. Um, like we talked about glutamine, collagen, prioritize rest, you know, get sleep, reduce stress where you can. Stress is really, really damaging to the gut. Um, and then gut healing gummies, like Liz has talked about many times. Um, I've done them once. They're great. Uh, you can try different flavors with them. Just make sure that you're obviously using good ingredients. Yeah. And as we mentioned too, just for the kiddos, you know, Becca and I both have Carson's on an antibiotic right now. Mm -hmm. um, we've had situations where they need to be on an antibiotic. And so what can we do to help combat that? Uh, we both like Mary Ruth's probiotics. Those are really great. Young Living has some essential oils. Uh, what I do with this, I actually was given um, a whole kit and a diffuser by one of my clients when Marcus was born. And so sometimes I will take a little bit of uh, just coconut oil, a couple drops of the, uh, you know, they have um, a variety of blends for the kids. Mm -hmm. So there's like one for allergies, one for breathing, blah, blah, blah. So I'll just blend that with a little coconut oil, rub it on his chest, and then I diffuse it also in his room. Mm -hmm. um, so Thieves is a really, you know, good one in terms of just like all around immune support that you could use in Young Living, uh, or I would say doTERRA as well. Those mm -hmm. are two really good essential oil. Also, brands. if you are doing not children's variations, you need to dilute essential oils for children. Mm -hmm. Um, they're, they're too strong for kids. So you have to be careful with that. Um, and then, you know, in terms of other options for children, uh, not necessarily post antibiotics, but we do obviously Liz and I both want to provide things for our kids to help them. Um, I just, this is something that I, the more and more you get into, you know, the world of holistic health and uh, natural health, you realize, okay, look at what our children eat. I'm going to probably throw it out there that like more than 50% of the population probably isn't feeding their children as healthy as they're eating. Um, you got to imagine that children have deficiencies just as much, if not more than adults have deficiencies. Um, and so doing some supplementation for children can be really helpful in the proper ways. Um, I think essential oils can be really helpful doing like the brands that we like. Liz mentioned Genexa is a great brand. Um, Mary Ruth's is a great brand. We can link some of those brands out. Um, and alternatives for things like Tylenol and ibuprofen and cough syrup and all of those. Um, we follow some really great people on Instagram who we can link out as well that are a little bit more children uh, focused. Obviously, that's not our expertise area. Um, and it's definitely a different approach, obviously, with children and dosing and all of that. So but at the end of the day, you got to think about how can I support my kid, you know, in the same way that I would want to support myself. They, they, they're owed that a really scary statistic. Um, our children do not have the same life expectancy that we do. They actually have a lower life expectancy than we do. Um, it, that means if we are meant to, I don't really know the exact numbers, but if we are meant to live till 80 years old, our children are only meant to live to 75. That is the first time in decades that children have, a, have had a lower life expectancy than their parents. That's terrifying. That is because of chronic disease. That's because of the food. That's because of the pollution. That's because of all the toxins we're exposed to every day. So we need to take care of our kids. Um, you know, we yeah. love them. And and we get it, guys, that it costs a little bit more in terms of like some of these, you know, products like 
you know, the Genexa over Tylenol or Motrin or the, you know, off brand, let's say like the up and up at Target, right? Mm -hmm. These things do cost a little bit more, but at the same time, if you were to really evaluate everything that your kids are exposed to, they're, I mean, they're poor little immune systems in their bodies. I mean, between all of the chemicals and the food dyes and the additives and, you know, the food that they're consuming, if they're getting, you know, just the standard American diet, they're not going to be set up for a long life uh, and longevity and support, um, you know, health. So the other piece that I just wanted to recommend here too, uh, for people who, let's say your kid gets stung by a bee or scrapes his, you know, uh, falls down and scrapes his elbow, whatever. There's two brands. One is called uh, First Honey and it's a Manuka honey that you can use as kind of like an ointment. And then there's also an active skin repair baby spray. So these are non-toxic, all natural. Um, and you can use these things for wounds, cuts, diaper rash, different, different things. Uh, so I'll go ahead and link all of those out in the show notes too. I've had several people message me recently on Amazon, actually a lot of grandmas uh, <laughs> asking, Hey, what was that, you know, medication that you shared that was more natural. Um, and then just ingredients.us, we're going to have her on. She is you know, on Instagram. She shares a lot of these things. And so it's just about alleviating the load. We talked about castor oil packs. If you can get your kids to do those might be a little bit, you know, tough in the beginning, but if you're doing it, they're, you know, a lot more likely to follow you. So it's anything that we can do just to help improve their health and support their immune system and support their gut microbiome because kids are born with leaky gut, um, mm -hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden they're exposed to all these things that I was reading uh, something actually in this book, I was going back to reference on pregnancy and it's like, they don't recommend all the new foods at once, like layer things in slowly, let their bodies get used to these things. So, um, Speaking of that, let's talk about postpartum. I think this is a really great question that we got. Yeah. So someone reached out and asked because um, they had recently had a miscarriage, actually, and were wondering, you know, how long does it take to recover postpartum or post miscarriage? How long before you should start trying again? And I kind of we're I'm looking for an expert right now um, on that specific topic. But I did want to talk about something called postnatal depletion, um, because I think so many people are so misinformed or just ill-informed or uninformed, however you want to look at it, about postpartum um, and what the body's actually going through. And it's why it is such a sensitive time for postpartum depression and thyroid conditions and Hashimoto's and all of these things that, you know, I think a lot of people get triggered with in postpartum um, because of the depleted state of the body. So postpartum or postnatal depletion is when a mom's body gives up her own nutrients in order to support the growth of the baby and after giving birth and while breastfeeding, if you are. So when these nutrients aren't replaced, postnatal depletion can occur. Fun fact, a mother's brain shrinks 5% during the prenatal period on average. Mom brain? Okay. Um, almost, although postnatal depletion occurs as a result of having a baby, there's a lot of different things that can drive it um, beyond just having a baby. Like, yes, you give a ton of your nutrients up, but guess what? If you eat enough you have more nutrients left over for yourself, okay? If you do not eat enough, baby gets all nutrients. You aren't left with much because baby is first priority to your body. It is going to take and whatever it needs um, and you're gonna be left with nothing. And so this is why eating enough during that you know, prenatal period is so important to also support postpartum. So poor nutrition is the number one way that this will happen. Uh, when your body isn't getting enough nutrients or vitamins and minerals to thrive, postpartum mothers 
suffer essentially. You you feel exhausted more than you already would if you were eating enough. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll experience like digestive issues during this time period. Uh, as much as I don't want to downplay postpartum depression, I think a large part of it could be resolved if we took better care of our bodies postpartum um, in terms of eating enough, maybe potentially even getting some hormone replacement, depending on how low you are at that time, um, getting enough sleep, not putting so much on your plate and getting support from other people. Like we are not meant to raise children on our own. That is not how the society and world as a whole was meant to be. It was meant to be a village. It was meant to be lots of people behind you supporting you so that mother could rest during that time period. The U.S. is such a poor example of what postpartum should be. Um, and the societal pressure, I think, making you feel like you need to juggle everything. Um, get back to work as fast as possible. Get yeah. back to your body as fast as possible, right? Um, you know, we see a lot, uh, I have a handful of clients that are pregnant or postpartum. We see a lot of like, you know, I'm not even eating enough to meet like a, a decent calorie deficit yet. We layer in the fact that we're not sleeping. We've just given birth. We've just lost an organ right from the placenta. And so it's all of these things that we have to do to educate them, to keep reminding them, you need nutrients, you need nutrients. However you get that in, you know, utilize meal prep services, ask somebody to help you, right? Hey mom, can you, uh, meal prep a little bit for me or Hey husband or whoever it is, uh, to, to step up and really help you make sure that you have things on hand that you need to eat. Because what unfortunately happens a lot of time is mom's stuck at home. She's not sleeping. It's way too much. And so she either forgets to eat or it's just all over the place and her blood sugar's all over the place. You're stressed out because you're a new mom. You're like, what am I supposed to do with this thing to keep it alive? Um, and so the body, you know, we know just in other seasons, just high stress times, you burn through a lot of nutrients. So maybe you're going to supplement, you know, a little bit higher dose. Uh, maybe it's, you know, that you continue your prenatal. Maybe you add in some um, stomach acid support, right? Or digestive enzyme, th things like that to make sure that you are really getting the most benefit and the value from your food too. So it's really important um, to just remember that give yourself a year. It's not going to happen in six weeks. Like all the stuff on Instagram, like body bounce back, like whatever. It's great that some people bounce back right away in terms of weight. But the biggest thing is that you are healthy mm -hmm. and you are nourished. So the moms that are more likely to experience postnatal uh, depletion, moms who have more than two kids, uh, moms who have children less than three years apart. So it typically takes the body two to three years to recover between pregnancies. I know a lot of OBs say like wait six months. I think it's I think less than six months is considered a high risk, high risk pregnancy. Um, I'd think that it should be 12 months at least um, because of the depleted state. And so many people just don't focus on it. And moms who have restricted access to nutritious food, obviously, um, the longer two that you take to work on this, the longer it will prevail. You can get 10 years postpartum and still be dealing with postnatal depletion because you never took a time period to actually replenish the body. I think it is Ask yourself if you've ever eaten more than you think you should eat or more than like a weight loss intake purposefully for a period of time. And it's hard. Of course we it's hard. It. We get it that it's hard, to, especially if you're doing it with the right foods. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. But like even just eating enough, like I know for me with, I, I, I work out hard, you know, I'm, I'm active. I have two small children. I think for me, 2,300, 2,400 calories is like barely meeting my maintenance. I should probably even be higher. And, and, and I feel pretty good, but I'm, I could still be doing better. And I can guarantee you there are women 
most women are not even getting close to that intake level with good food, with good food. Or what they're doing is this high to low, high to low, right? Because their normal is like maybe 12 or 1400 calories. And then the weekends are just free for alls, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so you have no consistency there. And so this is, you know, back in the day when we used to talk a ton about metabolism and reverse dieting and eat more and all of those things, go back and listen to older episodes. People are shocked all the time at how much they should be consuming. And so we'll just give you, I mean, a very generic calculation that you can run in your mind is your body weight times 12 to 14. That's kind of like your maintenance intake range. Uh, You're going to go down or up from there, depending upon your goal of, you know, building muscle surplus, pregnancy, what have you, uh, or down uh, 12 to, excuse me, 10 to 12, if you want to be in a deficit. So the, the range there is because of activity. So mm-hmm. for somebody like Becca, we're going to say like 14 is probably what she needs because she's active and she, you know, works out very, very intensely. Uh, somebody who's maybe just doing, you know, two or three days in the gym and maybe 10,000 steps could go in the middle there at 13. And then somebody who's just sedentary and, you know, hopefully you're at least doing some walks, uh, then maybe you're going to go on the lower side there at 12 times your body weight. What number is that for you? That's your maintenance range. Or you can calculate, you know, 12 and 14 and know that that's kind of like my my window. And then look how far off are you from this. And while we get that it is hard, especially if you're doing it with mostly one ingredient whole foods, our bodies are meant to thrive. And the reason why we are not thriving is because we're malnourished. We're not absorbing the nutrients, uh, you know, that we are consuming because of all of the stressors and the toxin load and all of the things that, you know, just put a, a stress on the body and a burden on the body. So we're not functioning as well as we could be. And then what happens is that we think, well, the answer is less, 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 or more, 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 right? More exercise, more mm-hmm. restriction, all more of these things. Yeah. More supplements. At the end of the day, get to the root cause of, you know, why you're not absorbing things, fix that, then nourish your body with the right things and then supplement with the things that maybe you need to fill the gaps. Mm-hmm. So just some quick signs of postnatal depletion. Fatigue, unintentionally falling asleep, um, emotional exhaustion, mood swings, brain fog, uh, feelings of guilt or shame can be really big, uh, postpartum hair loss. And like I said, this stuff can last for up to a decade postpartum if you are not really working towards replenishing the body. Um, so approximately over half of mothers experience this in extreme situations. Um, and you know, a lot of times it can lead to that emotional depression point, um, the baby blues. I think that is far more because of depletion and deficiency than it is a a chemical imbalance um, within the brain. So what can you do? A big part of what you lose during pregnancy postpartum are uh, iron, B12, zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, magnesium, and copper, also things that you get depleted with on birth control. Funny how the things that are necessary for fertility, birth control depletes, but Mm -hmm. another discussion for another day. Um, But a lack of nutrients is the primary factor with this. So you need to be eating enough. You need to be eating nutrient-dense foods, and you need to make sure that you're digesting and absorbing those foods with, you know, a healthy system, good digestion, decent energy. Um, all of those things are important. So obviously postnatal vitamins, prenatal vitamins, um, making sure that you are getting good ones. There are only a couple out there. Um, Oh, we'll have to link them out because I cannot think of the name right now. There's two of them. Um, but making sure that you're doing those things and then obviously eating enough and getting enough rest where you can. So hopefully this was helpful today and you guys send in your questions if you got them. 
Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.